And welcome back to Indie Artist Showcase. We have Thomas Zambrano from Spooky Action. He just finished telling, huh? Yes, go on. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) And so, Thomas, I want you to tell me something that you always wanted to just tell people on the radio. Just something that you wanted to say about yourself, your music, your life, um, what you want your music to do, what, what your next project and your next venture is, and some of the goals that you have. You take it away. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, you know what? Okay. You know, this wasn't meant for radio, but this was meant for the public. And this comes to mind first. And how do I put this? This is about our world, and it's about peace. And so, listen, this is very simple. This is to the public. If everyone here on Earth would stop negatively infringing upon other people's agency, will, or free agency that God, of course, gave them, including their own agency, their own free agency as well, can't leave that out, then we could turn our society into a utopian world, I believe, without wars, crime, hunger, greed, violence, and all kinds of crazy other pointless dangers that unfortunately exist because we haven't been able to stop getting in each other's way by not seeing eye to eye and um, so we can achieve peace and harmony. And that's the message I'd like to get out. Um, to anyone, to the world, to anyone, any other human being. You don't have to be American, British, Chinese, or Russian. You know, it could be either one of those too. You just have to be human to hear that message and to try to apply it in your everyday life. And as far as the group is concerned, well, let's see, I, let me think about this. I mean, what's next for us? Uh, uh, I'm going to be bold with this. I like to say that we're seeking a national hit with a dance club mixed rendition, our own recording, uh, produced in our own studio, of Linda Ronstadt's, of all people, Legendary Linda Ronsett's hit song, Different Drum. And I know you're familiar with the song, and everyone is. I think it's a good time for that wonderful love song to roll back again into the public's ears for a second encore for a new generation of listeners to appreciate. And uh, however, this time around, it's going to feature Hollywood local, rather, local Hollywood fashion designer and nightclub singer, our good friend, Miss Gina Davis. And I hope this single will be released sometime next year. And um, I hope you and your audience will be looking forward forward to enjoying it along with the rest of us. How's that? Wow. Well, thank you. Thank you. I'll definitely look that up. Yeah. So, you know... (laughs) Tell me, Thomas, with um, all the stuff going on, do you have a positive outlook for music getting back to normal ever? I mean, because, you know, we're in flu season now, so that's going to knock us out the rest of the year. But do you you see maybe um, the Zoom and the Instagram um, type things going on and being more successful now, and that's going to become the way of the music industry as far as concerts go? That's a great question. I don't think anyone would bring up that topic because... Yeah. Uh, the way the situation is and the way it's affecting musicians, um, um, everybody's right now looking at the Internet as the way to express um, their music. And people are, in fact, it, everything's like that now because of the coronavirus. And right in uh, Los Angeles, they have um, speakeasies. Like they had back in the 1920s and 30s, they can go out and do the normal things that, for instance, singles do, and go out and meet people in a normal setting, like a bar or a pub, whatever, a restaurant, a client club. But, you know, these places aren't allowed, so, but they have them, and they're speakeasies. And so I think that the Internet has become a speakeasy in, in, in that sense. 
um, for musicians because I see musicians going online and performing live from their homes and broadcasting over the land. And I think that's an absolutely wonderful answer to the problem that we have. And the question here being is uh, that you presented to me, will that um, have an impact on the music industry um, after the coronavirus is over? And I think it can't help but have an impact. They have to have an impact somehow. I hopefully don't. Be, I hopefully it won't become the norm like it is now. And hopefully we'll get back to our um, our um, concert halls, you know, right. and and clubs, dance clubs, and music nightclubs like we, we all grew up and are used to having at our disposal for entertainment instead of you know sitting at home on your couch going to a virtual nightclub. I mean, I think it sounds. I think it's interesting. I know people have, but I, I can't see it. You know, it's absolutely not to be seen. I'm sure. So yeah, I think um, it's going to have an impact. But I think eventually, hopefully, if we keep our fingers crossed, things will get back to a relative norm that we're used to in the future. So now, Thomas, can we have yeah. information so that we can contact you or hear your music, see your music, um, see your videos? Can you give the listeners some information? Yes, absolutely. Good. I think I have. What I have here, um, I have our fan site, and I'll give the. Um, URL to you. And here is our fan site. And it doesn't say fan site on it. <laughs> because, uh-huh. um, yeah, right. That's just, I'm like, what would be a good name for this website? What am I going to do with the website? And this is, and of course, it's, it's um, dedicated to the and at a distance, obviously. But we've been releasing a lot of singles. And I thought, I have, there's quite a few. And so, um, well, I'm, I'm going to call it Singles Club. <laughs> so the website looks like an advertisement for a singles club, you know, 21 and over, you know, Friday's night, Friday night is ladies' night. <laughs> ladies over the age of 21, get them free, that sort of thing. But of course, it's not that. It's a, it's a list, of, it's um, a playlist of our most recent singles, and that changes from time to time. Okay. And it's the only place you could ever want about Spooky Action and Distance and links to our, our YouTube playlists for instance, and all kinds of great, fascinating things. And you can, um, our contact information is there as well. And so link with the, uh, link with the URL is H-T-T-P-S, colon, double backslash, spooky, all lowercase letters, dash, action, lowercase letters, dash, at, dash, a, dash, distance, dot, rhythmic, dash, rebellion, dot com. So that's spooky action at a distance. Okay. You want to repeat it rhythmic. one more time, okay? Okay, so it's HTTPS colon backslash backslash spooky slash, oh, no, I'm sorry, dash action dash at dash a dash distance period rhythmic dash rebellion dot com. And you can also find me at um, on Instagram, okay. and that's HTTPS colon backslash backslash www.instagram.com backslash J period Thomas Zambrano backslash and they're all lowercase letters, of course. And hopefully our listeners will get to you. They'll come up. They'll see your videos. They'll support you. And yes. And what I would like to ask is anytime you have a new project or a new venue coming open or anything to that nature, that you please let us know and send yes. us a little, um, you know, we can come by, visit with us, hang out with us, and let us know what's going on, um, even if it's not... Um, 
music related and you just want to stop by, just come on and stop by. And we'll laugh and we'll talk and we'll just hang out for you, okay? Absolutely. That was a fantastic invitation. I will most definitely take you apart. Thank you. That's my pleasure. Thank you very much. Oh, yeah. Oh, no problem. No problem at all. So we will be continuing to listen to your music and the listeners, they'll go and they're going to go to your website and they'll listen to your music. We're going to have you back. I appreciate understanding what Harris Mm. is now because I, Harris, it's it's one of those tunes that just kind of sticks in your head. Harris. And I will see you again. I've got to ask who Harris is. Yes. And hopefully that's what I'm saying. You'll have a place that he's staying. Oh, yeah. Yep. I love it. Well, Thomas, thank you so much for coming by KYBN and hanging out with us here on Indie Artist Showcase. I enjoyed you. Very refreshing. And I learned some different things today. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Oh, you're welcome. Next time, bring some of the neighbors with you. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just sitting right here. They're sitting right here drinking beers and seven up. But I told them not to sit. (laughs) Oh, they're sitting there too? (laughs) Yes. Oh, hi, neighbors. <laughs> yeah, hi, neighbors. How are you? This is Bree. <laughs> We're on Indie Artist Showcase. <laughs> All right, Thomas, thank you so much for joining us. And I look forward to hearing from you again you. soon. God bless. Oh, you're welcome, hon. You're welcome. Take care. Thank you. And welcome back to Indie Artist Friday. Today we are showcasing spooky action and we're talking to Thomas Zambrano right now. Thomas, Hello. we were talking about the Internet and the different impacts it has on people. And I think I asked you um, a question in regards to how do you feel um, with the pop-up artist that just comes out of nowhere and decides, you know what, i got a catchy jingle and I'm going to make a, a CD and I'm only going to say just chat with Bree. I'm just going to say indie artist. I'm just going to say um, um, I am Bree. I am Bree. I am Bree. I am Bree. And I become a hit. Right. Uh-huh. What do you think about those people that don't have to really pay the dues of hard work because they have a, a big friends list and they got a catchy tune and they become a superstar and maybe they're a one hit wonder? But do you feel like that takes away from the artist that really, really works hard to get what they need to get to? Right. You know, it's just, it's, we're talking about the music industry, and they're talking about startups. And my experience um, as a musician, along with other musicians, has been that the music industry is, you know, part of the entertainment industry. And if we're talking about actors and actresses, I think we'd have a similar story. It, no matter what you do, how much talent you have, whatever you got going for you, perhaps if you're an actor, for instance, you're a fantastic speaker, <laughs> and you can right. speak in all these different accents, and uh, you're very dramatic, and, and perhaps you're, you're an actress that um, can't really act <laughs> at all, but you've you got great looks. Um, right. You know, it's going to be hard work no matter what, and I think that's true with the music industry as well. No matter what you got to offer your audience, it's the music industry, and it's always been a tough one. So both both sides um, work hard. Well, yeah. Do you, do you think that? Um, I think overall the internet helps. I, I do think that it makes people lazy because you don't have to work as hard. You just have to hit the right button, and you can be instantly successful. But now, when people get it success like that, do you feel that? 
because they didn't have to work for hard for it, they just take it for granted and, and the satisfaction is not the same? Ooh. Well, I think it depends on the person, you know, and how appreciative they are. And um, that's hard to say. Um, yeah, it depends on the person. If you just happen to just be lucky and get a hit and you're on the Internet and suddenly you're Mr. or Mrs. America, lead singer of, um, you know, the band that plays music, that's great. I think it's fantastic. And as long as you appreciate it, you know. And if you didn't work as hard as other people have worked, you have to understand that you're in the music industry again and the music industry calls for certain things and you should know about that. People work hard. And if you got lucky, you should appreciate it. And... I think people do when that when that happens. I, I don't see why they wouldn't. It's definitely a fluke, and if it's a fluke in your favor, I think you'll appreciate it. Um, and for those who work really, really hard and make it, you know, obviously they appreciate it because they put the hard work in. I think most people that um, in the entertainment industry is, that get somewhere, any part of the entertainment industry, because it's so bloody difficult, <laughs> because there's so much bloody competition, um, I think when you do actually do well, you're appreciative, no matter who you are. Tell me the story about the song Harris. Oh, good. I'm glad you asked. Well, yeah, that's a real story. In fact, wrote the song and we recorded the song days after um, this happened. I was out, I was in L.A., I was in downtown, and I was, um, I was just, I was on the street, I was on the sidewalk, and this rather, I don't know how old he was, but he was a young guy, young, portly black gentleman from Iowa, as I found out, came up to me and he asked me for change. And people do that. And I don't usually carry change on me unless I bought something I have changed in my pocket, you know? So I said no. And then I thought, well, wait a minute. No, maybe I do have change. I don't give a second chance and I'll look. And actually, I did have change. And I said, oh, okay, yeah, I have change. I said, um, are you homeless? He said, yeah, I'm homeless. I'm, uh, I mean, and I thought, okay. Uh, you should be homeless. Um, let me direct you to a person that can help you. And so I directed him. I found out his name. His name was Harris. And he's from Iowa. And I directed him to somebody that I know, a woman named Barbara, who works for Volunteers of America, who can help, who can help him find a place to live and not starve out here in the streets of Los Angeles. I see these people all the time. And whenever I get a chance to speak to them, I tried to do that for them, and, um, and that happened to be Harris. And then I saw him a second time. I went to go get pizza for a friend of mine and I, and I didn't even notice him. He said, hey, you. I turned around, and hey, you could mean anyone, but I thought, well, okay, maybe that's me this time. And so I turned around, and there's Harris. And this time I had a pen, and I gave him uh, her address and her number because the first time, I didn't have a pen. I just told him where, the, where um, he could find her building and go up to the eighth floor to the office. And I asked him, I said, Harris, did you do what I told you? Did you, did you go and uh, to this lady? He said, no, no, I haven't gone there. I said, okay, here's her address and here's her number. She can find a place to stay and you have some food to eat. I said, promise me you go down there. And he said, okay, I'll take the bus down there. I'll go on show. So mm, that's the story about Harris. It's a true story. Wow. And so you made a song about him. Yes. That was one right. That was, I used to write lyrics for a song that we had. And that was just fresh in my mind. Now, do you do that often with your songs? Um, you know, do people inspire your songs? Or is it just, again, part of your creative process? It's part of the creative process. How it generally works is 
when I write a song, I don't write about myself. I'm not telling people some incidents that happen to me, usually. Yeah. Uh, and Harris is a different story, though, because it did happen to me. What I'm writing about is the world around me that I see and things that happen to other people and things that I know that have happened in the past, things that are currently happening, and things I, I expect to happen in the future. But it's always about, it's more or less the music's about you and not about us. Hmm. That's interesting. Thomas, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back, okay? Thank you. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, and welcome to Indie Artist Showcase. How are you today? What are you up to? Are you ready for Fabulous Friday? I know you are. Today, our Indie Artist is Thomas Sambrano. Hello, Thomas. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you, Sabrina. Thank you for having me on your show. This is oh, fantastic. Anytime. How are you doing? So now, first of all, are you a soloist? Are you a group? Tell us what you are. Well, Spooky Action as a Distance is a group that I produce, that I also perform in. And um, it consists of um, members that I've known for years, that are my friends and neighbors. And when they have time to play with me, they play with me. And when they don't, they don't. But um, the recording process is always going on. So Spooky Action and Distance is always releasing material and recording material in the genre that we are known for, which is um, alternative music and indie pop. So Spooky Action. Yes. How did you come up with that name? Spooky Action and Distance. Um, Okay, let me go back a little bit into my background. I love fringe science, science that's on the fringes of mainstream science. And so I love to um, research science. And in my research, I came across um, the entanglement theory, which is when one particle is entangled with another particle. And one particle, the first particle could be here on Earth. The other particle could be um, in the Andromeda galaxy. And when the first particle observed is observed, the second particle you know, hundreds of thousands of light years away will change its state to the first particle state instantaneously, faster than the speed of light. And what it was, Albert Einstein caught on to this, and it totally freaked him out. <laughs> wow. The genius that he was and the logical scientist that he was, it totally freaked him out. And, like, I think he probably had nightmares about it or something because he, he called the phenomenon spooky action at a distance. Because, you know, he's the one that coined in science the fact that, or near fact, that nothing can go faster than the speed of light. And this happens to this entanglement thing. This entanglement thing, it happens instantaneously. And I thought, you know, hmm, we're looking for a thing, we're looking for a group. I thought, let's give Albert Einstein credit, and let's call this music Spooky Action at a Distance. Wow. Uh, Because it's it's a lot of, the music and the lyrics are a lot about, not entanglement, but well, I can take them between human beings, um, how people change through their friends' influences and how and people change you put, and react you put that into your the music world. as well? The science theory or the, or the social theory? Um, do you take the science theory and you use it in your music? Um, at least, well, no, not often. And on one unreleased track, yes. I have one um, unreleased track that we do do that. Actually, maybe that song, actually it is released. It's on SoundCloud. 
Um, and so, yes, at least one time we did. And we used that, um, that whole idea from Einstein as part of our cover uh, art from time to time as well for our releases. Okay, so let's, let's go back a little bit. Tell me when you first okay. got into music, what inspired you to get into music? Okay, well, that's a good question. Um, well, looking back, many things had, I suppose. What's important to me to relate to you and your audience is that my older brother, begin with John, and his friends introduced me to the mod scene happening in, in the L.A. area uh, when I was in my preteens way back in the day, which, of course, you know, I come over from England during the early 80s. And I just remember um, just how fascinating it was because all the different styles of music that also came my way back then um, from numerous friends during the 80s, like New Wave, and punk, soul, reggae, and scotch, to name a few. And I was, of course, very impressionable back then. And I still am. And I still love all that music. And that's it in a nutshell, I suppose. And so what age did you start performing? I mean, you know, was it in your youth? Did you, did you do talent shows when you were younger? Or did you just get up one morning and decide, I'm going to do music? <laughs> my brother influenced me to do music. But, long, but before my brother influenced me to do music, I was already recording. I was, um, when I was in my, well, before my pre-teens, um, let's see, nine, seven years of age. 10 years of age, 11 years of age, I record these comedic fake radio shows for my friends and have them come over and listen to my recordings. And we all have a good laugh, you know. Mm -hmm. And so the, I started recording very early with the family um, tape recorder that my dad owned. And um, later on, he, at the time, my brother had been a musician anyway, and he was playing music, and I think it was heavy metal or something. And, um, well, yeah, he got, he got me over. So I'd go in his room. He'd say, he invite me into his room. He'd say, hey, come over here. Come into my room. He wouldn't tell me what it's about. He'd, he'd keep his mouth shut. And then there I'd be standing in the center of his room, and he'd have his uh, Rickenbacker bass out and amplified. And he'd be playing a cover of some great band that the Morsese, that um, our local station in Los Angeles, K-Rock, was playing. And I just trip out, you know. I uh, I hadn't been exposed to live music before, and you know, him playing along with the music was live, and you know how that is. You know, there's no comparison between a recording and a live band. You know, the energy just just hits you, and you become emotional, and you want to dance, and you want to have the person next to you, and you want to listen to that same song or, or equivalent song on your way home. You don't stop listening to music after the concert till four in the morning, and, and you, that's the way music affects people, and that's how often music has affected me. Wow. So now, what is your creative process like? What, what motivates you to make a song? Wow. No, the creative process begins with, I need to record. I need to make some music. I need to play. And that can happen at um, 2 in the afternoon. I can happen at, um, after dinner at 8. It can happen any time, and so I'm always ready to record. And this might surprise some people, but I don't spend any time in a rehearsal studio or we don't spend any time in a rehearsal studio writing music and practicing to perform live or to record. Instead, what I do, what we do, is we use our time to improvise our music from scratch while simultaneously recording and makes it for release. So, so 
In that sense, there's no call for boring rehearsals playing pre-written parts for each instrument lyrics over and over and over and over and over again. Um, every instrument is ad-libbed from the first note to the last note performed during the recording process. This way our music and songwriting is completely spontaneous and true to the expressive moment and atmosphere myself and, our, and my other musicians are experiencing during the recording process, during the recording session. Not that we don't do punch-ins and that sort of thing like other musicians do in the studio, and not that we don't warm up before we play, there's, there's always that, um, and not that we don't practice on our own. But um, the most important goal for me is not an improvised uh, composition recording, I have to say. Our goal here is quality music that's fit for our audience's listening taste, as well as our own taste, taking into consideration. So I want to make clear that we're not an experimental studio group. We're a pop group that makes pop music. And if we had to go to a rehearsal studio instead of doing it this way, of course we would, and we've all done that in the past with other people. But this manner of making music is much, 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 I want to say much, much more fun because of its spontaneous nature. Wow. Well, Thomas, we're going to go to a break real quick, and I'd like you to come right back with me, okay? Perfect. I'll enjoy that. Thank you, Sabrina. <laughs> 